1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
0: Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca
2: when you go through tough times like this, maybe it makes you a better team. You know, for Connor and for Shadow, those guys have had uh, nice careers and they've hit a little bump in the road and it's going to make them better, it's going to make them stronger, and it's going to make them great people. This is Ryan and Hopkins. This is Arthur Platt. This, this,
1: this is Kim Talbot. Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad.
0: Welcome everybody, Bob Soffer in studio. And indeed, the waiting is the hardest part. We're waiting for a game seven. We're waiting for uh, the Oilers to wrap up their scouting meetings. We're waiting for some potential action coming up at the NHL entry draft, heading off to the Combine in a couple weeks. Indeed, we are waiting. Game seven tomorrow between the Winnipeg Jets and the National Predators. To paraphrase Mark Messi after winning the 1984 Conn Smythe Trophy, as John Ziegler presented it to him for being the MVP of the playoffs. To win this is just a kicker. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex is a local Alberta company that supports local business and charities. Digitex is 630 Cheds. Copy your team. We're going to throw a bit of a curveball at you early in the show here. Uh, Ryan Jesperson is going to pop in the studio. We're going to talk a little about hockey. And very briefly, I'm going to pick his brain on a little bit of a political uh, matter that many of you might be interested in. Dave Campbell is uh, ably helping us out on the show, the color analyst of the Ambitan Eskimos. David, how are you? I'm well. How are you, sir? Good, good. Louis DeBrusque is going to swing by. We flipped Louis and Craig Simpson. Uh, Craig normally does Wednesday. Louis normally does Thursday. Craig is in the air. Not tonight, but today. He's not going Phil Collins on you. Uh, Jim Montgomery, the head coach of the Dallas Stars, former head coach of the Denver Pioneers, won a national title a year ago. We had him on the show. Um, one of his recruiting bases was here in Edmonton. I know he had a commitment of actually a 14-year-old player that was a stellar kid in last year's draft uh, who's got a brother playing in the NHL. Uh, Jim Matheson, Hockey Hall of Fame writer from the Post Media chain, will join us at 135. Uh, here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us on a River Creek Resort Casino Hotline, And they have got Nazareth, the greatest Scottish rock band of all time, coming up August 10th. You can text us at 630-630. I made my way out to Westlock Ford. Went and saw Paul Olson yesterday. Bumped into my man Mitch as well. It was good seeing uh, those guys out there in Westlock. I know we're going to do a show coming up out in Westlock. Beautiful day for an afternoon uh, drive in my F-150 Lariat. Never thought I'd be a truck driver, but I've become a truck driver over the course of the last five years. Uh, Anyways, uh, if you want understated, not pushy service... Paul Olson and the gang at westlockford.com worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter at Oedars now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer, and tweet Brendan at Brendan Ulrich, and tweet Dave James uh, Dave Campbell. I was going to say Dave Jameson. Don't tweet Dave. He's on the other side. St- fine guy. You worked with him for a number of years. <laughs> Terrific, of Bell. It's funny. I meet him for a seven-up once in a while at a Southside establishment. People are like, what are you, what are you two guys doing
2: together? And I'm like, what do you think we're enemies in this
0: business or something? Come on!
2: <laughs> there's the professional side and there's the uh, right. personal side. Dave, right, so, Dave's a good man so we opened the kimono there and the,
0: gave it a little bit of a business uh, look. Uh, Dave, how did we get a hold of you? Dave underscore Chet.
1: Ryan Jesperson is in studio. Ryan, how do we get a hold of you on Twitter? Oh Well, you can find me at Ryan Jesperson. I'm just using my Google machine right now to take a look at the comprehensive list of Scottish rock bands. And is Naz- Nazareth up there? Na- Nazareth is doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, the Almighty, Iron Claw, the Temperance Movement. Uh, I think Nazareth's they got to they, they be number one. They're doing all right. Well, what about the Bay City Rollers? Were they Scottish? Well, I'm looking, see, because now I'm I'm getting all these subcategories. Scottish alternative rock, Scottish indie rock, Scottish pop rock. So, you know, what do you want me, you know? In 1975. Bay City Rollers are Scottish. Yeah, 1975. They were huge, man. Yeah, Dancing on Tables, the Orchids Speedway.
0: It was the fall of 75. Yeah. Because I was living out in Fultonvale. Now, speaking about
1: driving around, you are from where originally? Well, born and raised in Calgary. In Calgary? Yeah. But you, your family lived all over the place. Stony Plain, Spruce Grove. My family's from there. I've lived in Red Deer, Vancouver, Ottawa. You know, all, all, all these sort of places. Sure.
0: So you've got a, a little bit more of a global view than I do on things. Well, I've traveled a lot. Yeah, but, and lived in different. See, I'm an Albertan through and through. I wouldn't go to another market. I'm doing what I want to be doing. Yep. I, I love this province. I love this. I'm concerned about this province, and that's part of the reason. We'll get your thoughts in the playoffs in a second here. Uh, So let's just say maybe there's some people out there that are fairly liberal when it comes to social issues. Sure. Okay. Uh, But the problem is they're sort of conservative on fiscal issues. Yeah. Is there a a group out there that would represent those needs right now.
1: Well, uh, what do you mean a political party that yeah, would represent? Yeah, I mean those this needs? is this is your mail you every day. Well, you're I mean you're teeing me up to I mean I here here's the thing. There there's a people will debate oftentimes, you know, people will say, "Well, I'm a I'm a, you know, I'm a social liberal and I'm a fiscal conservative." And right. typically what people mean by that is that I you know, I think it's important to have supports for 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 uh, you know, the unemployed or underemployed. I think it's important to have supports for sure. for the homeless, the drug addicted. I think it's important to have investment in public schools. I think it's you know, if they say socially liberal, they may be talking about pro legalization of cannabis. Uh, that's the context now. But then on the fiscal side, they're saying, however, it can't be a free for all. We have to spend in a sustainable fashion. We have to find efficiencies. We have, you know, and we have to celebrate. In many times, when people say they're fiscally conservative, they mean you also want to be supportive of a free market. Right. Uh, you want to be investor friendly. You want to have, you know, tax base that would appeal to. So, so the question is, is that congruous? Can you be socially liberal and fiscally conservative? Because it's pretty. Hard to demand that a free market should rule all and taxes should be as low as possible, but you should also make sure that you you know in a healthy manner fund education and healthcare. So you it's can a dip- deli- it's a delicate balance. Well, it's and, and typically when someone will describe themselves as a social liberal and a fiscal conservative, it would serve you well to say, well, what do you mean by that exactly? Because yeah. it's easy to find inconsistencies. All right, so here's here's the question I have. By the way, this show's called Orders now. Yeah. Uh, the orders. The last
0: time I checked, it, you know. The organization, certainly historically speaking, over the last several decades, has in many respects prospered during very difficult times, in large part because of the support of all the people out there that are employed in said natural resource industry, right?
1: I mean, it's a huge driver in this problem. Sure. I mean, take a look at the rink board advertising.
0: Right. So I think you know which side of the ledger I fall on on that. Like I got a chuckle out of seeing something from Brad Wall that was out a couple days ago talking about the comparison made between, you know, Trudeau, lack of support, in his opinion, for natural resources as opposed to the support of the automo- automotive industry in the province of Ontario. So here's where I'm going. So you deal with all these issues on a daily basis. Is there a person out there that could truly lead and have a greater percentage of the province's population believing in said individual?
1: Like a, a political leader that I see? that maybe Maybe not somebody that's currently in politics. Oh, I mean, well, geez, I mean, I don't know. This is you're putting me. (laughs) I have a name. I have a name. Okay, let's. I'd rather I'd rather hear your name than me start throwing names out there. There is somebody retiring from ATB. Oh, Dave Mowat. Dave Mowat. Yeah, I mean, Dave's name's been kicked around Mm, for. All right, all right. So would that
0: be the type of based upon the industry that he was in.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, well, sure, right. I mean, sure. would understand I mean, maybe, the financial end of things. But Dave Mowat's name was was uh, and and let me just be clear. I don't have any inside information. Right. I'm not. I mean, I'm buddies with Dave, but I'm not like tight with Dave. Uh, but you know, I, I've never had a conversation with him about this, frankly. But even as far back, Bob is the PC leadership right. campaign. I'm not even talking about the UCP. I'm talking about the PC. There were people that believe that. If he'd wanted to run, he would have won. If if he would have, well, uh, you know, I would have. I I would have sure liked to see a, a a leadership race. Can you imagine Dave Moet, Jason Kenny, and and Brian Jean? Uh, that would have been a really interesting leadership race for the UCP. For the PCs, uh, Dave Moet head to head against Jason Kenny. Uh, that could have been that could have been very interesting. I, yeah. I'm not sure he had. I, I don't know. And if I'm not he's su- got the political inclination to do so. Well, I think he's got. The, he's certainly savvy enough. He's demonstrated the leadership ability. He, Dave's huge on community engagement. He's the guy that got, right. the, got the high level bridge lit. Right. Um, his advertising campaigns—you've heard him here on course, have been very popular. He's been the face of ATB for a long time. A lot of recognized his, by recognized by just about everybody. Right. Uh, a lot of his staff. I have a lot of friends that work at ATB. They lamented his retirement. They're talking right. about the hole that it's blown there uh, in this time. Sta- but but you know, does does someone like that? It, it's a lot of work, Bob, to to take and a significant pay cut as well. we should establish it, it, it's it's almost it's almost negligible. I mean, it wouldn't even be, you know. I don't know what Dave's T4 looks like, but I, I imagine he, he It's all better than you and me? I, I think it's, it, it would be... Well, you're, you're a high-priced guy. Yeah. Now. Easy guy. Easy. But uh, no, I, I, and I don't know. And maybe we'll see that name service. Here's the thing, Bob. Like, you know, it, with politics in Alberta, likability is huge. Right. Uh, and, and obviously, savviness is important, but I think Albertans want sincerity uh, from a leader, and you look at what, what Rachel Notley's getting criticized for, you look at what Jason uh, Kenny's getting criticized for, you look at what Steven Mandel's getting criticized for. Uh, you know, people. a lot of times people will say, like on Mandel, it would be his legacy with the city of Edmonton. Uh, I, as far as he's concerned, he said it on this show, Let My Legacy Speak for Itself. He basically built downtown. Uh, but a lot of people felt that he was he spent more than they would have liked. Uh, people will look at Jason Kenny's legacy and his voting history in, in the House of Commons, federally, um, and, and, and you're either, it seems to to me, you're either very pro-Kenny or you're, you're very anti-Jason Kenny. Right. And then with Rachel Notley, it's more, you'll hear her critics, uh, they say, you know, we don't necessarily want to hand her our purse strings. Uh, I saw, some, you know, someone the other day wrote into the show, texted into my show and said, my perfect scenario would be Rachel Notley leading the United Conservative Party. Imagine that combo. I've had people say that to me as well very no. bright person no question about
0: that all right so right now people are going am i listening to Oilers now or are we listening to the Ryan Jesperson show It's known as a crossover so it's just an interesting it's just an interesting thought because leadership is important and you know you take a look at a year ago at this time Peter Shirelli's approval ratings with the Edmonton Oilers were basically in the high 80s to 90s i think David Staples on the Cult of Hockey blog uh, did an actual ranking of uh, of Shirelli's moves and and in a year in which Taylor Hall's likely to win the Hart Trophy this yeah. year and the Oilers missed the playoffs he'd be my pick yeah well we think you know it's not quite the same this year for Peter Schroeder, but it's amazing how things can change. And, let me and,
1: let me say something though, Bob. I mean, you could, to me, this is Oilers now. You're right, and this is the broadcast right. of the Oilers. You're the color voice of the Oilers. I'm the in-game host for the Oilers. Let me say this. I mean, this is an abstract interpretation of what you're what you're teeing up. But if you want to talk about fiscally conservative, socially liberal, it's hard to describe an organization like that. But credit the Edmonton Oilers. Their namesake implies their geography. It implies right. where their bread has been buttered. We all know the history of the Oilers. We know uh, where, where a lot of the season tickets have been purchased. From It's oil and gas money. Not yep. all of it, but a lot of it. Sure. And certainly when the economy's great, uh, the Oilers are looking great, though. Credit Oilers fans, because when the economy tanks, the seats are still full. I will say this. The Oilers, if you were to own the Oilers or manage or be the president or CEO of the Oilers, if you were to dictate the, well, not yet. <laughs> their community involvement, etc., You might make the mistake of believing that because the oil and gas industry has been big, because you're a fixture in Northern Alberta, because of the national perception of Alberta, that all you've got to be very careful about everything, where you align yourself. The first National Hockey League to have its players use pride tape to show support for the LGBTQ community in the entire league, out of the 30 teams at the time, was the Edmonton Oilers. And they've shown great leadership in inner-city initiatives. They've really, through the community foundations, Plugged themselves in and made investments. So that's to me, Bob, is an example of an organizational structure that represents how, yeah, sure, you can have a lot of conservative values and you know where your support's coming from and there's a lot of conservative circles, but the Oilers have also really made inclusion a big part of their priority and they deserve a lot of credit for that.
0: You know what, Ryan, because of what you just said, I don't have to have Natalie Mankler or Stu McDonald
1: come on <laughs> the show. <your own>. here. <laughs> and I think I just got a contract extension. Well, don't go too far. But I mean it. Hey,
0: I, I, I went to a community a couple of years ago. I'm not going to name the community, but I know people in that community that canceled their tickets because Andrew Ferentz was as supportive as he was for well whatever sir, right.
1: i can i'll go right. find some people that bought season tickets right. because it, of that and, right and, and, and there
0: you go so now now tell me this how much it, because your show isn't always politics and isn't always social issues. Yeah. How much, is it been a different feel this year because the orders have been out of the playoffs? Of course.
1: Yeah? Of night, course. Night and day difference? Yeah, and I think it's also just because, you know, it, to a certain extent sometimes, like how our morning feels depends on how the team performed the night before, right? I mean, the sun shines a little bit more bright when you beat a team 7-1 than well, when you I get can, punked 6-0. I, I can personally
0: attest to that because as the team uh, started to struggle on the road, uh, you know, my consumption went up at night and as a result, my mornings felt <laughs> a lot different. So,
1: <laughs> the, co- the coffee, there were two coffees instead of one, Bob? Or yeah. you're, you're, I noticed you're on the waters today. Yeah. What, okay. what, you're swearing off energy drinks, no, or? No, what? no, no. I've already had two. Oh, I. What do you have for breakfast? I don't eat breakfast. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you you would be a dietitian. We got to get a dietitian. No, no, we, we don't to have to talk about energy, energy drinks. drinks.
0: Dave, he wants me
1: to have a dietitian. No, I don't you want, want you want to jump into this conversation. I, I, I'm or like, saying, you uh, do, if you're having energy drinks for breakfast, boys, you know what? I, that's how that's how some guys live. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I would be pot calling kettle here. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. No, I'll just back off. I, I'm, I'm so, big bone.
0: I'm going to do a little survey right now. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty on our Westlock Lockport text line. I'd like to know how many people out there slam back at least one energy drink a day. My guess is at least sixty to seventy
2: percent of the listeners to this show. My, my consumption would be zero. You don't have any energy drinks? No. Oh, that's the problem, Dave. You got to have at least <laughs> one. That's you gotta, the problem. <laughs>
0: that's he says the,
1: I got to have two before <laughs> ten thirty. Or I'm not rolling. And you don't even mess it. You, you go with the cans. Like, your your cans oh, yeah. are the size of silos. Yes, they're the size yes. of grain silos. But they are sugar-free. Sugar-free Rockstar. That's yeah. what I drink.
0: Yeah. And then if they don't have Rockstar in the States, then I go Red Bull. Yeah. Hey, uh, just before we, uh, we let you go here, but thanks for coming in yeah, and uh, sharing some time on this crossover. Give me a thought. What's going to happen tomorrow? Winnipeg and Nashville. <laughs>
1: Oh boy, oh boy! I'm you know what I, I, I'm not copping out here. I'll give you an answer. I'm excited no matter which way this goes. I really like the Preds. Uh, I like you know I, I, I just like the way their teams come together. Ryan Johansson seems to have woken up. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pecorino is can be unbeatable. But you look at Winnipeg. I mean, if Hellebuck can rebound and if I mean, Bufflin's just throwing guys around. Shifley looks like a top five player in the league. I, I don't know where this goes. I'm going to say it's in Nashville. I'm going to say uh, two OTs. Nashville wins. Four three, really, Dave. What's going
2: to happen tomorrow? Oh, geez. I think Winnipeg finds a way to pull it out. I do. You know what? I know the teams have played better on the road. Yeah,
0: I. You know, I predicted Nashville would win the series. Actually, I predicted they'd win the division and then the conference uh, at the start of the playoffs. I. I want Winnipeg to win. I just think Nashville's going to find well, a way. Well, that's to get it the doesn't.
2: scary part. If you're the Jets, it's a one-game shot. They
0: got more experienced person's barn, and yeah. they've been able to shut the Jets down in a couple games. So, but that what, was at home. What about in the East? Oh, Tampa Bay is going to win that series. Yeah, you think they're going to steamroll Washington? Well, Backstrom's not at 100. It's great that it's great for Ovechkin, who's been a terrific player for a long time. Uh, you know, it's great that he got past Sidney Crosby finally because I think there was, you know the I grew up not liking Russians, I'll be honest. Like, I mean, I grew up in the, the 70s, right? And, and I didn't trust them. But there are some tremendous Russian players. I mean, Anatoly Semenov, when he played at the Edmonton Oilers, was as respected a, a, of any of the Oilers players in the early 1990s. Uh, our attitudes have changed a lot since those... You know, I mean, I watched the 1972 series, Ryan, with my dad, and I was six. And I actually... This is how politically incorrect I was at the age of six. Are they <laughs> like the Indians? And Team Canada is like the Cowboys. And my dad, who's like basically was way to the left, right? Though he didn't like Trudeau. Could not stand Trudeau his whole life. Well, there's a uh, lot of people way to the left that, that don't like Trudeau. That don't like. But, but he said, Bob, they're not it's not Cowboys and Indians. Don't use that reference. It's not us good guys. And by the way, Bobby Clark just broke Valerie Harlebaugh's ankle. So we're kind of the bad guys right now in this series. So, I mean, that's kind of how I grew up. But I, you know what, I think it was wonderful that Ovechkin did it. Uh, he's been a tremendous, he's arguably been the greatest goal scorer in the history of the National Hockey League. When you factor in era adjusted scoring, he is arguably the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game. So, kudos to him. But I think Tampa Bay is too good, especially Washington's got some knicks. Mainly Nicholas Backstrom's got a hand injury. That's a Bay loss. It's number one center. So you
1: got Tampa Nashville, and then who do you I have, have hoist- had, I've, the district? I've had Tampa Nashville the whole way. And who do you think wins? Tampa or Nashville. 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 Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, so so. let's do this once every I'd six I'd love months. to, Bob, and All we'll right. get you on my show too. One of these days, for sure. We'll take a quick time out. This is orders now. Bob Stoffer, Dave Campbell with you. room on St Albert Trail fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca that's proamsports.ca
1: this is Oilers now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers radio 630 Chad.
0: Sometimes you got to mix it up a bit. It's twelve twenty six 26 in Edmonton. This is uh, Oilers Now. Mark Spector will join us in tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. Stauffer and Spector twice a week during the playoffs. Brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. HRA live racing at Northlands this Saturday. Let's get right to it. It's time for NHL Today with some discussion on some other levels as well. For Elite Promotional Marketing, Drew Shamahorn and the gang, they take care of you at Elite Promotional Marketing.
2: Well, we sit and wait one more sleep. Game 7. Second round Western Conference playoff series, Stanley Cup playoff series between the Winnipeg Jets and the Nashville Predators. Eastern Conference final begins on Friday between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Washington Capitals. All conference games, final games, Stanley Cup final right here on 6.30. Ched starting Friday. West final starts on Saturday. World Hockey Championships, Canada officially adding, we told you about this yesterday, Mark Edward Vlasic to its roster. Uh, Sharks defenseman will participate in his fourth world championship campaign. Canada faces Norway tomorrow. Uh, Bruins forwards, David Postunak, David Krejci, they're joining the Czech Republic. They will play the uh, Russians tomorrow. Uh, One note from the uh, World Hockey Championships, uh, Germany with a 6-1 win over Korea, first win of the tournament for Germany. Leon Dreisaitl finishes with a goal and two assists. He now has two goals, six assists through four games. WHL last night, Swifter and Broncos take a 2-1 lead in the WHL final after a 3-2 win over the Everett Silvertips. Glenn Gadwin scored a hat-trick, including the overtime winner. Game four, Bob, tonight in Everett. Well, Stuart Skinner has stopped 100 of 107 shots so far in that series. He's a
0: third-round draft choice for the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, he's going up against Carter Hart, who most people think, and we've mentioned this on the show before, Carter Hart might be the best goal. he is the best goaltender the WHL has produced since Carey Price. A little bit smaller, but a great goaltender, and right now through the first two games... Uh, Skinner's team has rallied from 3 nothing down in one game. Now Skinner gave up a couple of bad goals, but then pulled three or four out of the net. Once they are down, 3-1, and one, a la Grant Fuhrer. And then last night's overtime victory. So, uh, and well, Flames have signed Godwin. He's
2: a player. He's a really good 20-year-old player in that league. So, Stuart Skinner, in reference to uh, Carter Hart, is saying, hold my beer or my energy drink.
0: It, well, that would be it, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Or Baileys and coffee. Sometimes yeah. if you mix the Baileys and coffee at yeah. the right time with the energy drink, yeah, you can get a pretty unique buzz going. At works uh, for me football season in the fall. Wow, mind blown. There you go. Mind blown. New thing learned every day, Day <laughs> Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Come back with Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey on Rogers.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.